Hello lovely people. I'm talking to you today about spending, about money as an expression of identity, a, a space in which we locate our identity. One of the things that um, can differentiate TCKs from one another is their experience of financial stability. Some of us as TCKs grew up um, relatively poor by our um, passport country standards, but perhaps relatively wealthy by our host country standards. Or perhaps it was the other way around. Perhaps you felt um, more that your family was of more limited means in your host country but when you came to your passport country, um, that changed as well. Perhaps it didn't change for you at all and it felt the same in both places. But for a lot of us, just because economic situations between countries differs, um, our sense of ourselves and our own financial standing differed as well throughout our childhoods. And this, this is not uncommon for non-TCKs as well. Um, parents' businesses fail or succeed, for instance, whether you move or whether you're you're settled. But as TCKs, we didn't even need that to be the case. It could simply be um, the value of that income stretching further in some places than in others. And so that begins our life in a sense of flux around our identity. Perhaps we were relatively well off by our host country standards, but not by our international school culture. Perhaps while everybody else was going on skiing breaks, we were having stay-at-home holidays. Or perhaps we were the ones on the skiing breaks and it became hard to talk about our, about that to our passport peers because it differentiated us as the rich kid. I remember feeling very confused by my passport peers, by British settled kids, because they assumed my family was well off. They assumed I was rich. And part of that was down to the fact that I had travelled and travel is associated with wealth. And part of that was down to my American accent, which was associated with wealth. Um, the area that we lived in in Britain when we returned was not a economically well-off area. And given British culture, being differentiated as by this assumption that I had more money actually put my peers at odds with me. I was an outsider um, because I was... One of the rich lot. Our experience of finances is an integral part of our identity growing up and it's not an area we talk about very much as TCKs. So I guess I'm trying to expand the narrative today and ask you some questions who are listening to to just invite you to consider how this identity shows up for you in your daily life. And it, it can happen in two contexts, right? When we have limited funds, 
that impacts on our sense of identity in, an, in a number of different ways. We can feel shame around it. We can feel a sense of failure or limitation or frustration. We can feel fear that we're not going to be able to keep the roof over our heads. And depending on how familiar a feeling that is to us, we may or may not already have coping strategies in place to handle that. But in terms of how we perceive ourselves, it might be very much in line with our script. We might have grown up in a family that felt very hand to mouth, that felt like parents were needing to count pennies. And there might not have been shame around that. There might have been a sense of pride around that. So we could have come from a family where limited funds was standard, but we might have felt like that was a honourable identity. Perhaps our parents worked hard to identify with poorer populations. Perhaps there was a, what I, what I often see here in the UK is a sort of reverse snobbery, shall we say, um, against the rich who've got more money than sense. That's one of our more beloved phrases, um, where we can be really dismissive, actually, um, as part of strengthening our identity as people who know the value of money and who don't waste it. That script can get us through um, a sense of needing to be careful with our finances without shame. It can really protect us from that shame by giving us a sense of pride in our skill sets but it can really start to confuse things if your circumstances change and suddenly you have more money than your family ever did growing up. Suddenly you have more money than you expected to. Where's your identity now? How does that feel, that shift? Does shame creep in when abundance comes your way? Do you feel ill-deserving of it? Do you feel set apart and alienated from people you've deeply identified with in the past? And what about the other way around? What if we have been used to a sense of abundance and now there's lack? What's your trajectory? What, what, what does your story tell you around your financial standing? And then there's this whole other part where if we have some disposable income, because we're lucky enough to not be um, living very within very tight margins, um, then how do we spend that money? How we spend that money is deeply linked to our identity. Perhaps we put all of that money into travel. Perhaps we put all of that money into DIY on our home. Perhaps we put all of that money into supporting organisations or family, charities. How we spend that money is an expression of identity. And this is a real challenge for a lot of TCKs. I hear stories again and again where people have discovered hobbies that they really enjoy, that they they start to identify with, I am um, somebody who runs or I am somebody who um, paints. But then the challenge is, is giving oneself permission to spend money in those areas. If I'm somebody who runs, I, I need good footwear to support me in doing that. If I'm somebody who paints, I need materials. 
And all of this can get wrapped up with what a lot of us can find difficult around even expressing identity or preference in, in such concrete terms. I've talked to numbers of TCKs who struggle to decorate their homes because to choose a paint colour is a declaration of self. It's to paint yourself onto the walls in a very tangible way. It's to say, this colour, I choose this colour. And what a lot of us have learnt from a young age is to not wed ourselves too tightly to any particular preference. We can have very, very strong opinions about things, but they tend to be moral issues. We often tend to lean into those issues around social justice, um, around protection of marginalised populations. We can feel very strongly about those things and see things very clearly where we stand on those issues. But when it comes to what restaurant I want to eat at tonight or what colour I want to paint my living room, those things can, can be racked with doubt and and become a much harder place to express ourselves. And something that I've observed is that for a lot of us, it's just easier to let others lead in this area. What restaurant do you want to eat at tonight? I don't know, I'm easy. What do you prefer? It's easier to not have a preference if our priority is adapting to the needs of those around us. And that is one of our stalwart coping strategies, right? So we can learn to not care too much about the little things, except those little things I've come to learn are just endless opportunities to express who we are to leave our fingerprints on the life around us. And one way we do that is through our spending patterns. When I make a purchase, I am demonstrating that this is an area of priority for me. One way to drill into what our financial priorities are, if this is a difficult task, is to look at what we judge other people for spending money on. <laughs> and this is this is a bit of shadow work here. This is looking at the part of ourselves we perhaps would rather pretend wasn't there. I remember realising a few years ago that I carried quite a strong reaction against... Um, people that I noticed, this is going to make me sound very silly, um, who had really spent time on their hands and, and manicures and painted nails. A really little thing, but I would catch myself with this thought, well, it must be nice to have the time and money. And this, the context of that thought was, I was in a moment in my life where I was putting a lot of my value and my worth in my busyness, in how hard I worked, in, in only caring about the, the big things. I was deep and I was intense and, I, and life was life and death and, and painted nails was frivolous and selfish and 
what could you have been doing better with that time was the way that thought went. Now, any of you who are working with me or who have um, perhaps seen a video of me, I paint my nails now. And that, that, that seems like such a silly shift, doesn't it? But it's, it's down to that level that I'm asking you to think. Your daily experiences, because that judgment of others told me and reinforced for me that it wasn't okay to spend my money on frivolous things, on things that didn't benefit other people, on things that were just purely for my own enjoyment. And that dictated how I spent my money. Working on giving myself permission to take time out for myself, to care for my body, um, to allow myself joy of colour, um, that changed how I spent my money. That changed a priority for me. Can you think of those times where you have caught yourself judging somebody for how they've spent their money, perhaps on what kind of holidays they go on or what kind of clothes they wear? And I'm not asking you here to berate yourself or even analyse whether or not you should be judging those people, but simply to notice it. Because from that, we can glean so much about what you expect of yourself around spending. Is there space in your life for spending money on yourself? And again, no judgment here from me, because it might be that your financial situation doesn't really allow for that. But just notice, could you? Do you? Give yourself permission to express your priorities and preferences and express yourself through your finances. Of course, a massive underlying assumption I'm making here in this podcast is that you feel like you have control over your finances. And for a lot of people, that isn't the case. It might be that you don't feel confident with your budgeting skills or it might be that you feel like you lack understanding of banking systems, how savings accounts work. For a lot of us, a sense of incompetence or insecurity in a certain area can be really hard. We've carried so many over the years. But there are ways to learn. Taking control of your financial situation, even if there isn't much to be working with, is a massive identity grounder as well. If you're in a couple and your partner is the one taking care of the finances, how do you feel about that? Do you feel empowered by that? Do you feel vulnerable by that? Do you feel curious? Would you like to have a better understanding of what's going on there? Do you feel a freedom around how to how you can spend that that shared money? 
Is it shared money? Finances is identity. And if we feel messy about our financial life, our identity is probably feeling messy too, or constricted in some way. Just some thoughts to share with you today. If this has expanded your narrative a bit around identity, I'd love to hear from you. If there's anything else you'd like me to, to delve into around this, this topic, again, please email me at rachelkason at explorelifestory.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.